This is Living Truth Podcast, where our purpose is to help you understand the Bible better, live its truth more completely, and experience your relationship with Jesus more deeply. I'm Tom Hine, and I'm your host and resource person in partnership with various guests who engage with us in dynamic conversation and stories from their own lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Living Truth. Uh, This is Tom, one of the staff pastors here at New Hope, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. We've had a series that we've started to do here talking a little bit about being on mission here, there, and everywhere. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we're uh, told that we'd receive power in the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, the disciples were told they would receive power and the Holy Spirit came and they were to be ministering in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is our calling as well to be ministering locally, to be ministering in the district in which we live, the county of Dallas County, the state of Iowa, United States, and ultimately around the world. And so Today, we're going to be talking with Austin Hudson, and this is our first attempt at doing this over the phone, and so we're just hoping the tech all works well. Uh, Austin, say hello to everybody. Hey, hi, um, my name is Austin Hudson, and I'm excited to be here with Tom. Yeah, we're glad to have you as well, and Austin, you didn't just uh, plop down in Honduras one day. There were a lot of things that led up to it. You're originally from here in Adeltas, just in a short form, just a little bit of your background and um, where you came from here in Adel, what life was like yeah. before you moved. Yeah, so <laughs> the short form is going to be a challenge, but I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, so I moved to Adel when I was in seventh grade. Um, my stepdad, my dad, he's a high school principal ADM still to this day. And, um, I really wasn't excited to go to Adele, to be honest. I was dreading it. I was not looking forward to it. Um, just because that was going to be a hard move. Uh, yeah, any, we, we had, we had just moved. I had some really good friends, um, back at PCM, Prairie City Monroe school district. And, um, I just didn't care for the idea of it. Um, but I, over time, I've just, it's just been really cool to see how, um, you know, graduated, ended up graduating from ADM, had a lot of challenges in high yeah, school. Yeah, before you go on. Um, so I remember your mom coming to New Hope Church and, but I uh-huh. don't particularly remember if you were coming with her. I, uh, were you coming with her at that time? Um, at the very beginning, I think I wasn't, but yeah, that's at what the I was end, after a month or so, I started coming because I was forced to. <laughs> um, uh, my mom went, so that meant I had to. Um, so uh, reluctantly, uh, I was there as well. Um, but funny enough, um, before we moved, I was in an honor band in sixth grade. And it was with people from all over the state. And actually, Brittany Boston was also a part of it. We were okay. both percussionists. So I actually met her there and then the bostons were actually going to the same church they went to new hope right um at the time and so once i met Brittany, i saw her again i'm like oh hey i know somebody yeah, here so mid 2000s approximately is that yeah about, was, yeah. Mm-hmm, about 2007 i think six yeah. or seven mm-hmm. so yeah that's how we end up i don't know how my mom found new hope but um 
I found New Hope because I was um, forced <laughs> by hand to go. But uh, uh, I've, I found, I found, you know, as a kid, I, I loved all the, you know, friends and stuff. But now looking back as a young adult, I, I just love the care and the community um, and the really intentionality of a lot of the families that I had around me throughout high school from New Hope. Yes, and um, so I was uh, there as well as a pastor here at New Hope, and we got to know Austin and his mom and his family, and just uh, love you guys, and we uh, then saw you take off for college, and tell us a little bit about mm -hmm. your college experience. Yeah, so I was, um, I went to Central College right out of high school, and the goal, I actually was going to go down there to play basketball. Um, but right at, right before I graduated from ADM, I got sick with something. Um, it was my senior year of basketball. The last week I just started to fall, like just losing strength, stomach issues, a lot of stomach troubles. I didn't figure out what, what was going on. Um, and so when I landed at Central College, um, I was getting to the point where I couldn't even run up and down a basketball court. Mm. And... Um, up to that point, that was who I, that was my identity. Like when people Being ask me, you know, right. who, who are you? I would say I'm Austin, I play basketball, mm. you know, and I, I did some other sports, but predominantly I would say I am a basketball player. Um, and when I got there, I, you know, it, that was my dream. My dream was to graduate and go play college basketball. And I got there and I could see it in front of me, but I couldn't do it. And I went through kind of... I know there's a midlife crisis. I'd be like, well, I don't know if there's a quarter life crisis or yeah, young life anything, crisis. but it, I went through identity crisis of what am I doing now? Cause I got to the point where I went there, I went there um, to study math education. Um, but when I couldn't play basketball, I, I literally asked myself, why am I here? And so I, I finished out my first uh, semester there um, but then I, I withdrew because I, I really was at a, I was struggling. Um, yeah. What did you do with that? I, with that crisis? I, it was a season where I felt, um, I did a lot of searching of figuring out what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you and, knew Christ. Um, I, 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 I would, I, you know, I would, I would say I was saved for sure. Yeah. Um, but after that, we went to um, after the semester ended um, in December, um, we went to a conference in St. Louis called Urbana. And I went with some friends from from Central College and I was sick once again. And so I was in the, my ho the hotel room just struggling, frustrated. So I'm like, I'll be the, I'll do the Christian thing. And instead of watch TV all day, I'll read my Bible because that's what Christians do. Right. And so. Right. Um, I went through some books I normally don't read and I came across Revelation and, and in, in chapter, I think chapter three, um, is addressing the church in Sardis, I believe. And it's the, the, the writer, um, well, John writes that, well, Jesus, uh, Jesus, I, think, I believe it's Jesus is speaking to, you know, to John and saying, I know your works and you're, in essence, you're dead. You, it's, it's outwardly, you look like you have it all together, but inwardly, you're dead. And when I read that, I totally misquoted that, by the way. But that, that was 
in that moment when I, I it hit me like it felt like the floor just dropped out from underneath me because hmm. that was the best way to, to sum up i mean when i was in high school people were i remember one of my last basketball games with against carlisle i love the coach um from carlisle and he came up to me and he said you know i hope my my son grows up to be half the man that you are and it like i didn't know how to handle that because inside i know i'm like i don't want your son to be like me because i know my struggles mm. i know my family issues i know the the pains and you know what i you know i i know the real austin you don't want your son to be like the real austin and so so that when was I read at that, Arana that this took place yeah that yeah, was because that's, that's when, interesting like, it just hit me because it was at urbana in the privacy of a dormitory room that the lord really reached me in some significant ways as well <laughs> Not at the main conference, but alone that's by myself. Crazy. So that that's similar kind of a yeah. story. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it just it just hit me and so I'm like, you know what? Like I all right, like I I've been having a foot in the door of like, yes, outwardly I, I'm a pure all this you know, as a well put together person. Um, but inwardly I was kind of just dying. And and so I'm like, okay, God, like let's just I'll take this serious. Like instead of just coming to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights, like maybe I'll, I'll take it. I'll live out my faith the way that I see it lived out in the Bible. Um, and so after that moment, I, you know, I, I went back to Adel. I worked, it's really weird graduating in 2012 and then coming back in 2013 and working as an associate at the high school. Um, you know, people, my classmates the year before are now students and I'm a co-worker with my former teacher. So it was really weird, but it felt like I was in a place where I didn't have all the distractions around me. I was working full time and then I was at home. Right. Um, and so I used that time to figure, okay, God, like, let's dive into this whole relationship thing with you. Let's dive into what does this mean for my life. And so um, it really felt like, I'm not saying God caused me, to, you know, purposely caused me to get sick um, for whatever reason. I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah, it's part of I, I know, part of I know that yeah. God used it though. Mm -hmm. He had used that time when I had no friends around because they were all at college or other cities. Um, I couldn't play basketball as much because I physically wasn't in the position to. And so that had the option to binge watch Netflix. Did or you play basketball with the old guys sometimes in the morning? I did. Yeah, I, I, I played yeah. in the mornings. I and then I usually that. played in the, yeah. the evenings as well on Sundays. Back um, when I but actually had knees and ankles yeah. that worked. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same, same. Yeah. what I was used to. Right. Um, and so I just started reading my Bible more. I started, I remember I had, I started on, in the basement where I was staying. I had um, big pieces of paper, I don't know, like two feet by four feet. And I would just write out topics and ideas. And um, God really used that time to honestly really establish a good foundation. Mm. Um. So for me, because I, I, that's when I, I believe I was saved before that. Yeah. But that's when I started really walking. Yeah. And you had encouragement faith. from different people 
absolutely. really uh, that encouragement that we receive, we have to take it and act upon it um, ourselves. And so I really appreciate just your testimony of how you took that and in the quiet times of life, just really opened up to the Lord, Austin. That's, that's beautiful. And it's, and it's really God's grace, you know, it, that's something that I think really defines, you know, my life or marks my life. It's just, it's been God's grace, you know, um, even getting up to that point with all the challenges I went through, it was by God's grace, I wasn't resentful. I wasn't blaming him for everything, you know, it's, and I know I, for whatever reason, again, I believe it's God's grace, but I chose to, like you said, I chose to dive in and say, okay, God, like, let's, let's figure this thing out. I want to, I hear people have this thing called faith. I see stories and I don't really experience it. And so I decided to take it more serious. Um, yeah. Was it sudden so that, or gradual or it was, it was a little bit of both. Um, it got to the point where, so that was in 2013. And then my plan was still to go play basketball at a different college. Um, I had I actually was being recruited and I was looking at going to play at Iowa Wesleyan um, in the fall of 2013. Okay. Um, and I even met with the coaches. I went down there, um, went to an orientation, and I left knowing that this was not what I needed to do. Like this was not the plan. This was not going to work out. This was it was just not working. Um, and I call my grandma up afterwards, just like so frustrated because I'm like, I want to do this, but this door, I just know it's not a good door to go through. Like mm. I just had no peace with it. Um, and shortly or either before or after that, I met a man, um, David Hickman. He was a youth pastor um, at the time. He introduced me to um, one of his good friends, Kevin Grimes. He was from Idaho. He came down for um, um one of David's daughter's weddings. Um, and I met him there. And one thing led to another. And, you know, growing up, I'm like, I want to live in Iowa. Um, I want to marry, a, you know, a tall girl who loves basketball just as so much as I do and just kind of never leave the state. So when I met Kevin, um, I was talking with him and David and David said, hey, maybe she go live in Idaho and just, <laughs> yeah. you know, do something. Oh, I thought do, you said I'm, maybe the uh, girl lives in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And so I'm like, I you don't know. Like, I, okay. I, I barely know Kevin. I barely, I don't, Idaho, that's so far away. I don't know about this. And so I was like, you know what? I'll leave it to God. Because, and this is where it's kind of funny. I kind of felt like I was going to trick, I was going to use God as a, as a way to justify my own actions. So I told God, okay, God, you know what? Um, I'm going to talk to my dad. And if he says, yes, I should try it out, then I'll go. But if not, then I'll stay here and figure something out. And in my back of my head, I'm like, I know my dad. He's not going to want me to go. He, I'm gonna, he, I thought he was going to say, no, you need to get a job and earn money. So I was thinking, okay, like I know how this is going to go. Okay, God, we'll see what's going to happen. Well, so we're having lunch at the Ch at China Village and uh, – I brought it up to him thinking back in my head, okay, he's going to say, no, he should stay. And God does what only God can do. And, and my, my dad's like, well, you should go. You should do it. <laughs> and I literally at my stomach dropped. I'm like, uh, are, are you sure? Like, uh, like tell me more. <laughs> Trying to convince him to say no. 
Um, but he, he said he was unrelenting. It's like, you should do it. It should be a good opportunity. Um, you know, you're going to be stuck here anyways. And so I'm like, I was just at a loss. I'm like, okay. Um, I called up Kevin and I'm like, here's the situation. What are your thoughts? He's like, I'll have some people fly in, um, in a couple of weeks and you guys can drive over. And so <laughs> I think it was, um, you know, by mid July, I moved to Idaho. I drove from Iowa all the way to Idaho. Uh, a very boring drive, if you're wondering. Parts okay. of it is beautiful, but parts of it is like will put you to sleep. Um, but I ended up living in Idaho, and it was the best thing I could ever had happen to me. Yeah, well, um, what was good about it? it wasn't the scenery necessarily? It um, when I was in Idaho. So I. Growing up, I really wasn't wasn't close in proximity to a lot of male family members. So I had a lot of, you know, my uncles who were strong believers, but I wasn't really close to them uh, proximately, you know, geographically. Um, but, and, you know, growing up at the house, um, faith was kind of like an accessory, but it really wasn't the purpose of life, the way we live. Um, and things like that's been changed since. But when I moved to Idaho, um, Kevin is a great example of what it means to have your faith be your life, what it looks like day in and day out when you're in the house and when you're out, you know, at church. Um, and so I had not just, you know, with Kevin, but I had the, for the first time, um, I had a, a guy my age who also was on fire for God. Um I had never had that before. I love my high school. He was living there too. Yeah, yep. Yeah, there was a, a quite a few of us there, um, but we both lived at this in the same house with Kevin, and um, I was. I had you know the, for the first time I had another a peer who was just just on fire for God like I was. Um, Kevin in the house and a godly man. Um, I was able. I just and he loved to. He was a lot like David Hickman. He would just drill you with questions. And Kevin's a lawyer, so, you know, you don't get a simple question with Kevin isn't an easy answer. Like, you can't just get away with just a because. And so I had to really think through a lot, you know, a lot of my beliefs. Um, why do I want to become a father? Why do I want to get married? How do you know, how does my faith affect my everyday life? Um, and not just in Kevin, but outside of Kevin, you know, um, Todd Pierce, Todd Roten. Um, or, you know, the Todd's, there were some men I start stay in touch with every so often um, that, you know, I really grew in community with. Got it. So and you were there that was, for a year? And year I so? was there for about 10 months. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, in nine of those months, I worked at the homeless shelter for men. Um, and so I grew a ton. I was in charge of, you know... <laughs> Of a, of, a, of a homeless shelter at, in the evenings for about nine months or so. And God just really used that time to just show and grow uh, my faith in so many ways. It just was stretching me beyond what I was used to. Um, my little Iowan faith, you know, my little Iowa uh, plan was slowly crumbling and um it was just kind of funny because during that time I was, I was actually going to plan with going with YWIM through, uh, yes. to um, uh, Central America. Right. And for three months over a summer. 
and everything was kind of working out. But then, um, no, it was in Guatemala. I, my apologies. Um, but then it didn't work out because there wasn't enough guys in the group. And so they're going to change the location up. And I'm like, I just don't really feel like that's going to be the case. Um, I don't really, I don't feel comfortable with the change, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and I had some push. I had some people tell me, like, I'm sad that you didn't go for it. And in fact, I had one person, my Spanish teacher, actually. She's like, you know, I, for some reason, I just had a dream that, like, you found somebody there. Like, mm. the person you were going to be with was from that area. Wow. I'm like, and I'm thinking, man, I missed out on marrying somebody. You know, like, I missed out <laughs> meeting my wife. Um, but, but then God, I dismissed it. God had it. other plans. But God had other plans. I ended up working. It's weird. So God had other plans. And what happened after you were at Kevin's place? So after Idaho, I moved down to Oklahoma where I um, worked with a mission organization. And we helped uh, lead mission teams. Um, and that was really a time of really stretching because I was in charge of um, helping set up and helping lead people to places and projects and connecting with the community was a big key of mine. Um, but that during that time, I, I felt like God was saying, like, I, I needed to get an education. Um, I, I, I don't know, you know, why, but I just felt like I needed to go back to college. So I ended up going to Iowa for a year to finish up some last, um, you know, family things, just trying to mend some relationships. I was growing a lot and I saw some mistakes I made uh, in my youth with my family and siblings. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to spend a year working, um, getting involved with, I, I was really involved with New Hope at the time, with the worship band, especially. Right. And then also kind of heal my relationships as much as possible because I felt like God was preparing me for something in college. I just felt like once I go to college, it's not going to be the same. Um, so I spent a year in Iowa kind of preparing. And um, I was applying for a bunch of different schools, but none of them was getting back to me. But uh, my friend Cooper and Connor, they were actually both from New Hope as well. They were going to John Brown University in Silent Springs, Arkansas. And that's actually where I was serving as part of the Silent Springs is right next to where I was serving in Oklahoma. So I knew people there already. And they're like, hey, you should apply. We'll go on down there. We can go down there together. I'm like, why not? What's it going to hurt, right? Um, and I got in and I got some scholarships. And next thing I know, I'm a student at JBU. But you weren't playing and basketball. I wasn't playing basketball. I was managing for a year. Okay. Um, I was a manager still. Um, but I wasn't playing anymore. I tried out again, but I'm like, yep, I'm not in the shape for this. I'm not in the same level. Um, it's time for something different to kind of accept that. And I was still struggling. I'm not going to lie. I was still struggling with that. Sure. But um, I was making progress in it. And so, um, so I went to JBU um, as a math education major again. I, I, I love math. I love helping others. And I know there's a need around the world is people need help with math. And so I'm like, good job security for me, right? <laughs> so um, I went to JBU, and um, at the time, I'm like, I'm done with dating. God's going to bring somebody into my life who I need to be with, so I'm going to stop looking around. I'm just going to focus on my faith. I'm going to focus on my schooling. 
Um, I also had to work a lot too. So I, I'm like, I was plenty busy. Um, and it's just funny is once I had said that, like, I am done looking, I'm ready to focus on something better than being distracted. Um, um, to go down to Peru with Kevin and some other guys. And just before I went to Peru, I met a girl in my English 2 class who was from Honduras. And we became friends. And when I said I was going to Peru, I'm like, hey, she, I mean, obviously she's from Honduras, so she knows Spanish well. So I took Spanish in high school. So I asked her if, if she could help me prepare for my trip to Peru. And that trip, that time of preparing with, you know, talking in Spanish, we became really good friends. Mm. And my experience in Peru was a lot like what she had done in Honduras. I, I went to go serve at a place called CIMA. Um, it's, a, it's a place for boys without homes, a um, place where the government or abandoned boys are brought to um, for safety to grow. And it's, it's a, I believe it's a Catholic-based um, organization. Uh, but it was an incredible time, incredibly hot, but an incredible time. And Ali had this, my, this, um, Alejandra, uh, my friend at the time, she had the same, she did something similar in Honduras when she was, um, home visiting, but for females. And so we made a really good connection and little did I know, um, we would, Ali and I, we would end up growing in our friendship. We ended up becoming, um, we ended up dating. And now we've been married for just over three years. Amen. And she's the reason why I moved to Honduras. Um, I never saw this. I told you earlier, my, no joke, my, you know, my dream was to marry somebody who was tall, loved basketball from Iowa. And my wife is neither of those. And I am so happy God did not give me what I thought I wanted. Um, my wife could care less about basketball. She could care. I can't brag to her about basketball because she doesn't impress her. Um, and so, you know, I think God was really humbling me a lot um, through that. But um, so, yeah, we, we uh, moved to Honduras um, after we graduated. We graduated May 4th. We got married May 5th the next day, which I don't recommend anybody to get married the day after they graduate college. Yeah, I remember it's that just a was a tough time just to, it, trying to figure out what to do. It, was, it was rough, but it was, it was for the best because we had a lot of international friends, so it just made sense. But um, we moved down to Honduras um, in June of 2019 where uh, for the last three years, we have been teaching at a uh, private Christian bilingual school called Abundant Life Christian School. So we've been here for three years now. I am no longer um, teaching with the school and my wife's position has changed. She's now working with teachers. Um, and so this kind of is an exciting time for us uh, because last year, with the help of Tom, um, we were actually able to start up officially a nonprofit called Sembrando Esperanza, which means sowing hope. And we're super excited um, because we, we've been going slow with this, 
because we we've read a lot of books um, and Ali has seen firsthand a lot of, a lot of mission and nonprofits done poorly. Um, they'll come and give foodzing, clothing, medicine, but then when they leave, there's this big vacuum, and it it, it created this you know um, this what's a dependency. And so we've been going really slow with, okay, what are we going to, how can we use our skills, our resources to develop, to pour into the lives of the community that we're in? And, and so we, a lot, of, a lot has happened since we've been here. Um, I don't, it could be a whole other podcast about my three years here alone, uh, to be yeah, honest. We'll do that some but, other time, um, maybe. Yeah, I look forward to that. But, um, but what does Esperanza circum- do? What, uh, yeah, what, what so do you, what, how has the Lord led you? We, we, we're growing. I feel like we're still in our, in our infancy stage of figuring out our strong, you know, our final direction, I guess I would say. But la- I, last year, our focus was a lot on the students. I was a teacher. Allie had students in the past. Um, so we did a lot of college prep work. We did, um, ACT, SAT, TOEFL um, uh, study groups with students. Um, we have done basic, really a few basic skills like uh, resume workshops. What does it look like to apply for scholarships? That's what we did last year. And we were limited because COVID here, you know, I would say last year, and you and a lot of people in Iowa would be like, well, Iowa, everything was back to normal. Well, even today, um, things are not yet 100% normal. Um, I have taught online the last two full years. So we are just now becoming back in normal. So we were very limited at what we could do because of COVID. Uh, but we, due to circumstances, we moved to a new location. And our main focus is we want to help people have hope. That's part of our name. We want to sow hope. We want to plant hope into the lives of people that they don't just survive in life, but they thrive. They flourish. Um, and there's a lot of different needs. And so we're still, you know, no matter what, it, it, what it, how it looks kind of varies. Um, but no matter what we're doing, that's what it, our purpose is. And our, we believe the ultimate hope is having a life-saving, life-changing faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And helping people understand what that means, you know. Yeah, you know, so how, how does um, helping students with entrance tests how does that overlap with the kingdom hope that we have? So one of, there's a few different ways. And one way is honestly, it's one of those things of, you know, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is a huge relevant need, you know, cause people, they have, these students have, have seen mission teams come down every year, multiple teams. They've been translating with these people, right? So talking about faith at a Christian school isn't really a, 
it's almost like the, sometimes you can numb out to it. Are these Americans so, that come down? Like yeah, mainly students, Americans. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Churches, college students. And so our students, a lot of my students are kind of already conditioned to know that Jesus is probably the answer to your question. And so the old Sunday school answer. We exactly. So what we have decided is like, you know, we want to help them with something that they normally don't help, have help with, which is a big deal with our age was talking about college. Cause a lot of these students want to dream big, but they don't know how, how is our student who has, whose yearly income is less than, I mean, is well below the poverty line in the U S um, how are, how is this student going to go? How can they even think about college when no one in their family has done it before? What would they be doing how, if they weren't going to college? Like if they just a lot, to live there? A lot of, um, there's, there's some families with a, a lot of families with either the family farm. Um, coffee is a big deal here. Um, it's actually, I don't drink coffee, but it's one of the best coffees in the world, apparently. Um, but most of my students would work in the coffee fields. Um, it's a thing of like honorable profession, but not necessarily it's, something that would utilize all of the skills God has given them. Not only that, but it's also kind of limiting on what you can do with your life because mm -hmm. it you're, it'll revolve around you always have to work. And that's another thing is unless you own the coffee field, if you're just working in it, odds are you're going to be working that job until you die. I mean, whenever I drive, you, you see, I see, we see so many elderly people going to work and it's not like a comfortable, easy position, you know, picking, detasseling isn't a job you want your, you know, detasseling corn is not a job you would imagine your grandpa doing in the heat of the day in Iowa because it's hot and it gets damp, but that's the reality for a lot of people here. Um, I, I don't want to say a lot of people, but from the demographic we were working with a very rural area that is kind of what they would do other people will be working in small mom and dad shops whether it's a small restaurant or a small we call them popularias which is like a small i think of like a of a, of a homemade casey's gas station you know without the gas it's just a bunch of random things you can sell from basic food supplies to you know drinks and and and, and uh chips yeah. end of the day it turns into this you're barely making it by but you're not really thriving in life you're not not, not even financially speaking but you kind of are stuck because you can't you can't like you have to work in order to get food to pay bills and so this endless cycle of okay we want to help our, our students use their full potential and there's nothing wrong with being a coffee farmer with running a Commodore, with running a Popperia, there's nothing wrong. They're, they're a necessity in the culture here. But we want to we give students the opportunity to think for the first time, possibly. What if you said you want to be a doctor, though? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how can we make those dreams come true? Because money isn't the answer, but It'll change the trajectory of the life if the person uses it well, and it can affect the community because what it, what can change to is you can then be able to fix up your house where maybe you your house has really decent flooring, 
and not cement or not dirt. You can repair your roof. So there's a lot of cause and effects to it this. It gives opportunities to touch people, to be able exactly. to, like you say, um, maybe it's a little bit of a cliche, but the medical doctor is going to have opportunity to minister to many, many people. And uh, those mm -hmm. doors that can open can be doors, if used with uh, stewardship that's accountable to the Lord and glorifies the Lord, can be used in ways that just might not otherwise be able to use the gifts the Lord has given you. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, and help them to really figure out what do they feel called to do. Um, and it's kind of hard because the culture is very close, family oriented. And so we, we're never saying don't do what your family, you know, um, we're not getting in between them and their family. But what, we're what, what we urge students is when we start talking about the future, <clears throat> which leads to college, interest exams, scholarships, all that fun stuff. Um, it opens up discussions about what about how does God fit into that? What does it look like for your family? What does it look like? for you to live out your faith if you're a coffee farmer. Okay, you don't want to do that. What does it look like as a college student? And we get, we've had some really rich, real, just raw conversations from how, what does God think about all the hot topics in the, in the, in the church and in the society right now from gender to race to just faith in general. What does it look like? Because it opened up the door for students to come in and funny enough, they most times ask the question, so what do you do when you don't live with your family? What does that look like for your faith? What does that look like when your friends don't, what do you do when your friends in college aren't good people? What do you do when, when the group of you around doesn't want to glorify God? They don't want to go to church. Yeah, that's a and, very important question and, for every young person. Especially, you know, transitioning from high school to college. And and so having, you know, our mission was you help with college prep work. But that really, that was kind of the action. But our underlying mission, our core of it was, all right, now it's how you're in the door with us talking about this stuff. And we're going to ask, okay, so you want to be a doctor? What, are you, what kind of doctor are you going to be? You're going to be a coffee farm. What kind of, are you going to use your money well? Or are you just going to buy lottery tickets and waste it on yourself? You know, like having those discussions had them, we got the opportunity to question their, their actions. You know, okay, that's great. You want to be, you want to own your own uh, business. Fantastic. What kind of business owner are you going to be? How does your faith in God affect you being a business owner? And so many of them, and just like many adults, you are probably the same, same um, response to be like, what do you mean? I guess I don't know. And so it led to a lot of awesome discussions and um, really meaningful talks. And I'm really excited because um, I have a few students I'm talking closely with um, over the summer. They're translating right now. One of them wants to be a doctor and the other one wants to um, uh, have a business. And so they're translating with mission teams and I'm asking them, so, okay, that's great. Um, what do you observe? What do you see God doing? What do you see that we could do better as missions? And they start coming up with ideas like, oh, well, there's this, this. Oh, and there's this, that. Oh, so you're kind and of so, rolling back to the question of um, what we were talking about earlier. When groups come and 
students and um, translators uh, just become used to this constant stream of people. Now you're asking mm -hmm. them to figure out, okay, how can we bring a new paradigm? Exactly. Because one of them wants to be a doctor. I'm like, that's great. You know, and so they're coming down. It's like, so as a doctor, how do you think you can run a, a, a medical brigade like this in a way that doesn't create dependency upon your mission teams coming down? That's great. And because all, as a math teacher, even I, I wrestled this myself. I'm like, I know I was here and called to do something, be a math teacher for the time I was. But I, I also knew that if there was another Honduran teacher with the same math skills as I, you know, and was a believer as well, between the two of us, the Honduran, the native teacher is going to reach them in ways that I'm never going to be able to. Because when I talk about examples of my experiences, it's like a fun story, but 98% of them will never relate to it. They don't understand what it means to detassel corn um, with a big group with, you know, um, with, with Stein Incorporated. They don't understand my prom experience. They don't understand my life experience because it's totally, obviously, two different countries. And so I've been asking, been able to ask a few of them, okay, so if you were a leader in this, what, what can we do to develop our own community here? To not necessarily not need missionaries to come in, but what what can we look for that can really help us and meet the needs that we have in Honduras? Yeah, that's uh, wonderful, Austin. And I think from the very beginning, Simbrando Esperanza has been asking that question. And mm -hmm. what's exciting for me is to hear you guys still asking that same question. And, you know, I think... Um, the Lord does this in in and through our lives is he does bring us back to that question of mission, that question of how is he leading us, how is he at work, and then what's our part in joining him in that work. And so this is, uh, you know, in many ways still very early in the process of what the Lord is doing through you and Allie, and it's our privilege to be able to partner with you, to pray for you, and to encourage you. And so I know you're going to be coming back to Iowa here in a month or two. Um, and I'm sure you share some things then when you get back. Between now and then, what are some things mm -hmm. that we could be praying about as we kind of finish up here? Well, one big thing around Sobrando is our next step. Um, like I said, we have moved to a new location. And um, my wife and I were just talking today about a, a new direction. that Not really a new direction, but um, the next step, I guess is the better way to say it. Um, there's a lot of single women in the area that we live in. And, 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 and so we want to use – she was right next to me, so that's why I was laughing um, – and so we want to use our skills in a way to help address and give hope to that their situation. So single women, uh, do you mean young women, middle-aged women, older all, women? All? all sorts, all, all ages. And um, hi, young hi to Allie, old. by the way. Uh, Tom says hi. Um, and because so even, you know, with our own family, 
um, whether from widows or from egg outside of, you know, just marriages never happened or a lot of situations, people leave to the U.S., people passing away from diseases. Like there's a lot of situations. It's not just, you know, one situation. And so even in our own family, you know, recently um, our father passed away. And so um, our Ali's mom was walking through this new season herself. And, and so we're looking at just praying for guidance and opportunity for, for Sombrano to step into that. Cause we have, my wife is so passionate about women's ministry. Um, in fact, that's the thing she's been talking about for the last year. And today we're talking about this today. And she was so excited and fired up about this. And, and she was telling me about some ideas. And I'm like, let's do it. I don't feel called right now in terms of anything great or anything specific personally because of just what God is working is doing in, in and through me right now. But hearing her share the story about like ideas her and her mom had talked about doing, it's like, yes, let's go. Let's, let's see where God takes this. And so we're really excited because not only this is a passion for her, but this is an opportunity for Sombrano to really begin to grow where we can have not just Ali and I being the ones leading it, but we can be the ones mentoring, partnering with the leaders of these groups yeah. um, that could happen. And so we're really excited and we would just really appreciate just prayer over just guidance in this in terms of location. Um, we want to meet with a lawyer to figure out how can we make a What's the process to make some Brando if be able to buy land here in the country? So then we can maybe build something um, where we can meet. And so we're really excited about that. Um, so definitely pray for that next step for us. Um, and I would also, you know, say as we wrap up for, I, like you said, I will be traveling um, to the States for the next little bit. I have to take care of a lot of paperwork. Um, including a passport. And so we never know how that goes. And so just pray for just God's grace and favor over the traveling, but also over being, you know, separated for a while. My wife isn't able to travel with me just yet. And so being away is never fun. Um, we're, we're not surprised by it, you know, being from two different countries, we kind of expected season like this would happen. But um, we definitely just ask for prayer for favor and grace um, over both of those situations. Okay. You got it. And um, listeners, I encourage you uh, take some time right now to pray for Austin Alley for the ministry there that uh, goes on among young people and the possibility with women, the some of the changes here and the opportunities. And as Austin and Alley are in two different countries for the uh, next month or two or whatever time the Lord has for them. And uh, just pray over them. We pray for uh, God, your leading, your help, your strength in all these different things we've mentioned. And just uh, use them and stir up uh, hearts for the gospel for uh, just what you're going to do. We pray ahead of them and over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you so much, Austin, for being with us today. And um, we appreciate you guys and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you guys here in just a little bit. We'll see you then.